Listen closely, ladies and gentlemen, and you may be able to hear Renegade on the horizons. Week one is fast approaching, ladies and gentlemen. As of the recording of this podcast, it is Monday, September 4th, 2023. And week one of the NFL season begins on Thursday with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. But the most important thing that's going to come out of this week, ladies and gentlemen, is week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their week one game against the San Francisco 49ers is going to be at 1 o'clock p.m. I believe it's going to be on Fox this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. So it's the moment that many of you, and I know especially me and Zach, have all been waiting for the start of Pittsburgh Steelers football. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, two Steelers fans in a pro football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all of the news from the NFL, USFL and XFL, from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan's perspective. And that is right, Dill. We are getting into the long-awaited 2023-2024 NFL season. And honestly, I could not be more excited. I'm With the offseason that we had, acquisitions that we've been bringing in literally since, like, a couple days ago. Like, we, we've just been rolling it, like... And just, you know, keep it, keeping it moving, keeping it fresh and alive. And Omar Khan has been an absolute genius. And I'm just, I'm so excited for this season. Yeah, I'm excited to see what, what products they finally put on the field. I mean, because we've been talking for months. We talked for months about the draft. We talked about Joey Porter Jr., the Herbig brothers, all these offseason acquisitions and stuff. We talked about coaching changes we talked about second year developments we talked about a whole mess of things but we're finally going to be able to see it put out on the field and it's going to be especially interesting that i think anyway because we're putting out this supposedly new and improved offense against arguably the best defense in the league provided that nick bose is going to play on sunday which i'll get to in a second um but yeah so it's going to be quite the test and it should be a really good game yeah and you, so I, I do want to go over something that you mentioned there um, about San Francisco having the top-ranked defense in the league. Definitely going into this season, top-ranked defense in the league. But, you know, going into this season, just based off projections, Steelers have been ranked either in the top five or the top three of yeah. most analysts' picks for uh, defenses this season. I think, and, I think most times it's San Fran, Buffalo, and the Steelers. Yeah, I would agree. And then uh, you have the Eagles up there as well. Uh huh. You have the Eagles up there as well. Yeah. But uh, as somebody who's personally in seven fantasy leagues this year, I can say that on ESPN Fantasy, we are currently ranked as the second uh, highest projected scoring defense of the year. Yeah. Number two. So say we go based off of that, then the first game of the year for us is the second best defense in the NFL projected versus the best. Yeah. I think that's just going to be a really interesting matchup there. It's who it's not really, you know, whose offense can, you know, score the most points per se. It's whose offense can uh exploit the weaknesses, like the small weaknesses of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah. I think that's also something to keep in mind just like from a from the fans perspective. We're, you know, I think every, especially me, everyone is going into this first game expecting like you know a huge freaking you know revamped offense with like second year Kenny Pickett, second year Pickens, and you know <clears throat> the better offensive line and all that stuff. But you just you get we got to keep in mind that it's the, arguably the best defense in football. So whether we had a really good offense or not, it's every offense is going to struggle against San Francisco again, provided that Nick Bosa played. Because I was reading about this earlier today to kind of move into the game itself a little bit. Um, there's a couple big names that nobody is really sure what, what's going to happen on Sunday. So I'll start with uh, the elephant in the room because I mentioned it uh, just literally like two minutes ago. Nick Bosa might not play on Sunday. And the reason behind that is not because of injury, but because supposedly he is pulling a TJ Watt and kind of holding out for a new contract. So I know the hope amongst like, people in the Steelers media and stuff like that is that he is not going to get that contract by Sunday because if he does, if he gets it, that means that he's going to, they're going to let him off the chain basically. But if he doesn't, then people are going to think that he's either not going to play. He's going to straight up hold out or he will play, 
but it'll just be a limited snap count, which was still not from from the Steelers fan perspective. A limited snap count is still not great because of Nick Bosa, but it's better than having him full time. So I think no matter which way you look at it, if you're a Steelers fan, you have to be praying that he does not get that contract because he wants. I think he wants to be the highest paid defender in the league or one of them, at least that's what he's pushing for. And I just, I don't know if San Francisco has that kind of money. They might. I just don't know if they do or not. Well, actually that's been, so to kind of piggyback off that, I did hear about this before. And then I'm glad that it's still kind of in the media because I haven't heard about it in like recent weeks. Um, just with where I like the sources I've been on. Um, but I'm glad that it's still out there because, uh, that, that means it's it's still going through. But what that also means is that Bosa hasn't practiced this entire offseason. And sure, you know, he's probably been staying in shape. He's been doing his own practices on all of that. Uh, I don't doubt that. He's still going into an NFL season trying to be the best defender in the league. He's going to keep practicing. Great defensive player of the year. Right. I mean, um, but practicing with the team, uh, with – you know, the defensive coordinator calling uh, different plays, things like that. He hasn't been doing that. He doesn't know, like, if, if there's any changes in the schemes, he doesn't really know that right now or as well. Um, so he's going in with a limited idea of this. But with somebody who's that dominant, it doesn't make that big of a difference. But it's still something to keep aware of that it might not be the same Nick Bosa that, you know, we've been seeing tear up. I think, I think it makes a difference in week one. Like if, if you go into that, like if you go into the season, like not really, I don't want to say, cause you know, it's not like, it's not like he's, you know, sitting on his butt doing nothing, but for lack of better terminology, I'm just going to say this. If you're not doing your due diligence with like the team and stuff, then especially that week one, it's still going to kind of, even though he's played with them for his whole career up to this point, which hasn't been that long, but it's been long enough. Um, you know, if you're not doing your due diligence, that first game you're gonna come out a little shaky just because you know you got it's and also it's week one. You got to get used to being back into the fold of you know the games and stuff. You're gonna have to get used to charging at big three hundred pound men standing in front of you. You're gonna you got to get used to you know zipping up and down the field all the time. So it's an adjustment regardless. And if you're not practicing like with the team and you know like you said running all the schemes and stuff, it'll be an adjustment. And so I feel like that would hinder his his um ability to do stuff but it, he'd be because I, re- I was reading this when i read this the whole thing about bosa and, and the injuries um his his side of the line is playing against uh however you say that guy's name okorafor yeah i think i've definitely said that name right before i don't know why i struggled right there but like yeah, for, for for someone like that who's maybe not the best at Guarding, he's not terrible, but he's not like the best. You know, we'll take all the help we can get. Is I think what I'm getting at. Yeah, very true. Um, but what I do want to say too is like, say say it's Nick Bosa. You know, starts yeah. off first quarter not great because uh, you know, holding out, not being able to practice. Comes back uh, second half and then starts tearing it up like the normal Nick Bosa we know. What. I, Anybody who really watched the Steelers last year, you know, we came out swinging in a lot of games last year. You know, our best... Uh, did, we, did we, though? Well, what I mean by that is our best drives were generally our first drives and our last drives. That is true. So, you say, you know, we're going to have the revamped offense. I definitely agree. But say we kind of keep that. You know, first quarter and last quarter are the best. Middle quarters are kind of eh. But if we can capitalize on Nick Bosa being a little bit shaky in that first quarter, then we can put more points on the board. You know, some of those drives that would stall at field goals or be three and outs, we can get uh, touchdowns on, you know, getting getting early. All the defense then has to do is keep a, uh, you know, look, no, no disrespect against Brock Purdy, but keep a, I'd say a mediocre quarterback with a loaded roster, all they have to do is lock a couple of those loaded rosters down, and all TJ has to do is tear up that O-line, and we're set. Is Brock Purdy playing? 
Yeah, Brock Purdy will be the starter for week one. I, there was some other stuff that he – that was a little bit ago, so I haven't seen anything about that. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But another interesting thing, so I was uh, looking at the like the prep for this week. So yep. looking at talking about our defense versus their offense, um, Trent Williams uh, is the one of the offensive tackles for San Francisco. He is. Best offensive tackle in the league. Probably yeah. going to down as like a top five offensive tackle in NFL history. Um, I when I was looking up at it, I was like, "This is a this is a great matchup." You know, T.J. Watt versus Trent Williams. But Trent Williams plays the opposite side of T.J. Watt. Which yeah, means- oh, I, I didn't know that. So. Alex Highsmith versus Trent Williams. No disrespect on Alex Highsmith. I think he's great, but it's Trent Williams, you know? Yeah. He's not going to get a lot of pressures. But what that means is TJ Watt's not going against the best tackle in the league. He's going against somebody else. And you know what that means for us. That means a lot of sacks. That would be ideal. You're also, so, theoretically, you're going to be operating under a – I can't remember what he – what did he hurt last year? He did something, and I can't remember what it was. It took him out of the NFC Championship game, I think. Trent Williams? No, 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 no. Purdy. Oh, did oh, he tear uh, his ACL? He no, he ruptured a tendon in his thumb. Oh. Because uh, he hit, uh, what was it? He hit his uh hand off of like Brandon Graham's or Fletcher Cox, one of their like helmets. Okay. And it was like a really big fumble at the beginning of the game, but it also jacked up his thumb. Yeah. Okay. Now I was gonna launch into a whole thing about that, but I it was his thumb, so never mind. Not not as significant as I thought. Well, significant, but not like you know you can't really pressure the thumb. That's <laughs> like that's not yeah a guy a guy hitting his thumb is not necessarily gonna shake his confidence. That's that's gonna be the point I was going for, but I never. Uh, mind. Yeah, fair point. I will say though, um, maybe not somewhere to like that you would hit that would throw off his confidence, but uh, just him throwing the same way that he did might be a little bit worrying because he came off of surgery on that hand, on his throwing hand. So, uh, kind of the what we need to do now is um, really watch CMC because I think because you know Purdy is a second year. Uh, quarterback, he came off of pretty major surgery. I think they're going to be running the ball and doing a lot of dump-off passes more. Yeah, that's true, especially week one. Which, this, you know what that'll help us with is that'll give us a really good look at Herbig and Holcomb, the two guys we got for linebacker. Because I, I imagine he'll break through that defensive line a pretty fair bit. But if those guys can do their job, it should be fine. Like you'd think. I was thinking the exact same thing. That's going to definitely show us what we had some good picks at that inside linebacker group. Yeah. So I that... pray is that's been just the worst problem for us besides O line over the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, th- that's been hurting us for a lot longer than O line has. Our line used to be. I mean, even just twenty eighteen slash nineteen, it was really good, and then it just kind of collapsed. Yeah. As soon as Pouncey left, honestly. Yeah, then everything just went to pot. But we're 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 feeling pretty good about it right now. It seems like so. I like it. And the only thing is, it does seem like we're starting uh, Dan Moore over Broderick Jones. Yeah, I, I don't. Still, I don't like I that. About that. Um, yeah, Dan Moore is t- just terrible. I I like we said last week. He's terrible against everyone except Miles Garrett. Yeah, which is just miraculous. I don't understand that. But, I mean, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. Hey, hey, we start Project Jones for 15 of the 17 games of the season. We start Dan Moore against the Browns both times. Yeah, which actually – so, um, the other – a couple things. The other big injury that people are watching out for is Kittle because apparently he's dealing with a groin injury, which is – the exact reason that I didn't draft him in fantasy this year because he gets hurt every single year and it tanks my team every single time and it makes me really mad. So I made sure not to draft him in any league this year because I'm really mad about it. Well, um, interesting um, because 
Kittle was dealing with a groin injury last year and the year before that. This is the third year of him dealing with basically the same groin injury. Yeah. So very, very strange. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on there. But maybe whatever. It doesn't matter. Point is keep an eye on that. There's not really as much to dig into with that just because San Fran has enough skilled players that they'll be able to make up for it. So it's not necessarily as important as Bosa, but you know, I don't know. Anyway, that's just, I just figured I'd mention that. But back to the O line, because this is something that we I know talked about a little bit, like just between us during the week. Um, so first things first, Omar Khan and his his magic strikes again because we traded Kendrick Green to Houston because of course they're the only ones dumb enough to take him, and we only we got like a fourth and a fifth round pick out of him, which is fine in and of itself. I just can't I cannot believe that we actually got somebody to take Kendrick Green from us. That's the part that is astonishing the most to me. So we got somebody to take Kendrick, like willingly, willingly took Kendrick Green. That's just astonishing. I, I when you told me that, that he actually got traded, like I expected him to get released, but the man actually got traded. I'm like, hot dang. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how he managed to do that. But I mean, again, I'll take it. Some people are saying it's like, yeah, okay. That's fine, but like now we got rid of some of our O line depth. And I'm like, no, we got rid of like the O line anchor that was like weighing us down. Yeah. All right. Like, and, and say we did get rid of O line depth and we need to figure that out later. Well, guess what? We got two picks out of this guy, so well, we can get some O line depth right there. And I'll tell you what, we did, we did get rid of a little O line depth with the other guy that we um, drafted or not drafted. The other guy that we traded, which Kevin was Dotson. Kevin, yeah, Dotson, which was a little bit of a head scratcher to me, because he wasn't great, but he wasn't. I didn't think he was trade candidate worthy. It's not like we didn't really get anything that good for him. Like we didn't get a, a, a like third or anything. Like, I mean, that's probably the most you could have gotten out of him. But like, I want to say it was like a fifth round pick. I think it was, yeah. But, yeah, because we actually technically got more out of Kendrick Green than we did Kevin Dotson, and Kevin Dotson is better than Kendrick Green. Yeah, so I, I just have to assume that Dotson didn't want to be in Pittsburgh anymore, and he, like, maybe very quietly requested a trade. Um, that would make sense because I don't think he was projected or, like, he was supposed to be a starter after being a starter for a couple of years, so he was probably ticked off. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure he went on L.A. radio and trash Ben Roethlisberger, so... I just don't care. Well, good. You know, he's in he's in LA. He's in the land of the divas. Yeah. Um, I don't really and care. They're gonna suck for a couple of years because they mortgaged their entire future to win the Super Bowl. So oh, not like Kevin Dotson is really the piece they were missing to go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't know, he can have fun there. Um uh, let me think. There was some other guy who I never heard of. I was reading Desmond, it, the article about it. There was some other guy that said, Desmond, huh? Desmond King. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about him. I loved him. Yeah. I loved, I can't believe we actually got him. So my, my story with Desmond King is back when I religiously played Madden Mobile. Uh, before he was, they ruined it. What? I said before they ruined it. Yeah. Before, like when you could actually play with your like self-made team in the season yeah. stuff, because that's all people did is played seasons with their self-made team. Oh, I did. Um, I had Desmond King as one of my starting safeties or starting uh defensive backs, and I didn't realize he was actually still like active in the league. But he was. I mean, so he was the best cornerback on the Texans, which doesn't take much but he had 89 tackles he had two interceptions and he had uh over 10 passes defended yeah. which are all very so- and and he had i think 10 tackles for loss which i really like that which means he's kind of a uh, one of those cornerbacks that you don't know if he's gonna blitz uh kind of you know stocks the line of scrimmage but obviously gets you know got close to 100 tackles he makes plays he does and right now he's our fourth cornerback yeah so he's not even in the starting rotation 
to have somebody like that. Well, I think he's playing nickel. I think that's what they brought him on for. Okay, okay. So I like that. But so still. He's, he's, I think, the – and I could be totally making this up, but I'm pretty sure this is accurate. I think he's kind of the replacement for Arthur Mollett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he our nickel and guy? Mollett was good. Or was it Sutton? I don't know. But whatever, whatever the case may be, he's – I know that's – nickel. What? Sutton was definitely not nickel because he was uh he was on our the top receiver the other guy okay. he was our star. Well, well, whatever the case may be, I know they brought that was one of the big reasons they brought uh, King was to play nickel. Well, I like that then because it's still you know that that starting four you have Levi Wallace who you know got burnt a couple times but still was high up there in interceptions yeah. so. Um, I like that. You have Patrick Peterson, who I don't care if he's not in his prime. He's one of the best to ever do it. You know? It's true. You got that veteran presence up there, and he's following up a five-interception season. Yes, sir. On a Minnesota defense that was really bad. Yeah, exactly. And then you have JPJ, who's going to be one of the cornerbacks of the future, just in NFL period. And now you've got Desmond King, who's probably one of the best. I, I'm going to say one of the best, uh, like, line of scrimmage, nickel cornerbacks um, we could have gotten in free agent. Well, I think it was in free agency. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. But is he one of the best in the league? Not necessarily. But he's starting caliber, and he's solid starting caliber. Yeah. So... Our, our cornerback room is looking pretty good. But I, I need to go back to something that you said about how he was the best cornerback on the Texans last year. That's really annoying because the Texans drafted Derek Stingley Jr. like third overall, and they passed on Sauce Gardner for him. And I am never going to get over that. Yeah. Yeah, I forget you're a closeted Texans fan. I am a closeted Texans fan, and it's really it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> My life is sad. Yeah. But that's why I'm a non-closeted Steelers fan, and I wear this hat around campus in Cincinnati, and everybody yells at me, and it's really funny. Yeah, I had, well, I had you guys in my. Um, sorry, I'm I'm going on a side tangent there because I thought this was funny. There, I was coming back to my dorm uh, the other day, and these three guys were all going into their rooms, and I walked past them, and they all saw my Steelers hat. I wear my Steelers hat. I wear it backwards, um, and so you know they started you know, their heckling, whatever. And yeah, I, I laughed. I thought it was funny. And I brushed it off. And the one guy goes, do you know what town you're in? And I turned around and I said, yeah, the town with no Super Bowls and just kept walking. It wasn't that good of a burn, but I don't know. I thought it was funny. The whole interaction made me laugh. See, I, I like that because there's just uh, there's really not much they can say. And also, it, it, Steelers fans just wait for those kind of comments. You know, yeah. at, at this point, like, you, you walk through Cleveland, you walk through Cincinnati, you walk through any of the 20, and th- this is an actual stat, 20 NFL cities or teams don't have a Super Bowl. I don't think it's 20. Yeah. No, I, I it's actually insane. Are you I sure? Think, I'm Googling I'm, that. I'm almost positive. I'm Googling that. NFL teams without – no, I don't, I don't care who has cheerleaders. That Super Bowl. Teams without a Super Bowl. I know it's more than five. There are twelve without a Super Bowl win. There's twenty with a Super Bowl. Oh, sorry. I thought you said okay. Apparently, I'm just deaf. That's my. That's, I'm gonna call my bad on that one. No, no, no. That 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 was my bad on that one. I flipped it. I knew it was twenty on one of them. Okay. There's twenty with no Super Bowl. Nope, 20, 20 with Super Bowls. 20 with the Super Bowl and 12 without. Yeah. But still, you walk through any of those 12 cities without one, and, and you just you just wait. You yeah. wait for you to say something. Yeah. It's like a friggin' Jaguar. You just, you just wait for somebody to start running their mouth. Oh, there's one guy in the dining hall that I go to. Some One of the uh, – I, I don't know. I think he's a cook. I really don't know, and I feel bad. Uh his name's Ron, and I love Ron. We we gab at each other. We've been gabbing at each other for like the past couple weeks, and it's gonna it's gonna get terrible when football season starts. And I'm so ready for it, Ron. If you happen across this, I love you. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, that, that's my uh, side tangent. Yeah, but you know, 
hopefully we can get back. We can get another couple super. Here, here's the here's the thing though, you know we're tied with the Patriots for most Super Bowls. Sadly, but I don't think the Patriots are making many moves right now to get back there. They're kind of turtle shelling right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Steelers, like, we're kind of, according to everybody in the NFL right now, we are a big up and coming team. Youngest offense in the league, or at least one of them. Um, I guess technically the Texans are probably the youngest offense in the league. <laughs> because they replace 90% of their team every year. Yeah. But, like, even with Kenny Pickett, we basically got him from like in house, you know. So it's yeah. still it's young, but it's cohesive. And uh, I don't know. I think we're make, gonna make big strides. Lots, lots of people are projecting us into the playoffs this year with a solid record. Pretty much everybody that there's only been like one uh, record predictor, like legit record predictor that I've seen that has us under ten wins, and they have us at nine. Um. Uh, I don't, I don't think a Super Bowl is realistic right now. Especially just there's so much stuff in the AFC. It's absurd. The oh, NFC yeah. keeps they, the NFC repeatedly trades all their talent to the AFC, and it's really stupid. To win the AFC, we would need sheer luck at this point. I mean, that's honestly, that's not a bad standard to have, just because that's kind of how all of the best teams are. Yeah. But what I think what I love about where we're at, though, is that putting us so the AFC people are like there are nine teams or even 10 teams that deserve based off of this offseason to make it into the playoffs and only seven can. And in every like stat or every predictor that says, you know, uh, who's gonna make it to the playoffs? Like we, if we aren't put into the playoffs, we're at least considered one of those nine or ten teams that deserve to make it yeah. into the playoffs. I, I still think it's funny that people think Cleveland's gonna win the division or make the playoffs at all. Yeah, it's all because of John Watson, but I he just I, wasn't good, and he won't be good. No, because you know why? Because we said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. People are underestimating the power of fan bases in the NFL. The Chiefs, uh, like, they they used to not have the, one of the most passionate fan bases. Now they do because all of those closeted Chiefs fans for so many years now have come out of that closet, and now they're passionate about it again. There has got to be better terminology than that. Yeah, that that's all I could think of. No, I, I, I think it's funny. I just – there has to be better term. I'll think of something. But – um. Like they they've they're they're out they're ready but they have the the bell that they ring or no is yeah they have the bell that they ring before or no it's like a drum they have a giant drum that they do like they have these traditions it's kind of like us with renegade but they do it at the you going on about um dealers you know probably the most pa- I I'm gonna actually maybe not the most passionate but probably the most dedicated fan base in the um, and I, I mean specifically with traveling, Steelers fans show up better than any other team in the NFL. That is true. I, I, I got to give it to Cleveland. Cleveland probably has the most dedicated just because they're so bad. Or Detroit. Or Detroit. Detroit hasn't made the playoffs in longer, actually, so I'd probably give it to Detroit because they're still, they somehow still managed to sell them tickets. Yeah. I can't say the Jets because the Jets barely sell any tickets. Yeah, I don't know. The Jets are just kind of sad. Yeah, and now they have all those bandwagon uh, Packers fans that join because Aaron Rodgers is on the team now. It doesn't count. I Dude, I read somewhere that there's a, a bar in Wisconsin that's going to pay the tabs for people who show up on Sundays where the Jets play, where the Jets lose and Aaron Rodgers started. Wow. You know what else I learned? So I, I've been uh, – one of the people that I know here – is a Packers fan, and I was talking with him yesterday, and I found out that whenever Brett Favre went to the Vikings, people in Wisconsin actually held a funeral and declared Brett Favre dead to the Packers fan base. 
I think that's one of my favorite things that I've heard. In a I, while. I found that astonishing. I don't blame him. I just that is wild to me. I find that really funny. To be fair, I feel like Steelers fans would do the same thing. Like if Ben Roethlisberger went to like the Browns or something, or the Ravens, that would be rough. I I feel like that would be pretty even. If if um, Ben Roethlisberger went to the Browns, no one would care. If Ben Roethlisberger went to the Bengals, people would care a little bit. If Ben Roethlisberger went to the Ravens, then there would be riots. Yeah. Very true. Stupid Ravens. Okay, anyway, we got way off track. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, back to the 49ers. We talked. We, 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 we did that. We did the 49ers. I do. Um, sorry, before we go off, I realized that with the faces, I never finished my actual thought about that. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. No, 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 no. You're you're good. Um, but just like with the fan bases, the Browns. The reason I think why Deshaun Watson is not going to make any strides is because, yeah, we talked about Cleveland having a dedicated fan base because they stick around when they suck. But in all reality, Deshaun Watson lost the backing of pretty much the entire country you know and and the people that do back him are just again they're blinded browns fans or just i don't know nut jobs like he lost such a big like backing force that i don't think people understand how much that first of all tolls with your mind like the fact that he still has these allegations which there's like 27 of them so they've got to be true the fact that they he still has all of this crap like looming over top of him um that he did to himself but still like it's messing with his head the uh comments of everybody else as much as these nfl players don't want to say you know these comments get to them and he's got more comments than anybody else so it's just this mass force against him that he created is just that that's what's gonna screw Cleveland, and I think that's what's always screwed Cleveland. It's just Cleveland has this moniker about them that they're terrible, and some people, yeah, and some people, some of them take that and they're like, you know what, we're not like we're we're gonna show you up, we're and all this, and then you know, but and then they don't. No, because they keep proving that it's true, and that's the other problem is that they keep proving that it's true. And then they get in their heads. And that's what I love about Dan Campbell. And that's why he turned around Detroit for the next, last couple. I mean, yeah, they, they haven't been playoff teams the last couple of years, but their mentality is completely changed. That is true. Kevin Stefanski was a great coach for the Browns for that one year, but he didn't truly change the concept of Cleveland. Like, yeah was able to train the mindset and the concept of the Lions. That is true. I know it was technically another tangent, but uh, it's just something that we're going to keep probably bringing up throughout the season because I know we brought it up a lot last season. The, The fans. The fans matter a whole lot more than anybody really gives them credit for in the NFL. They do. And Cleveland fans, I mean, I know you guys show up more than you probably should and you guys are still around but it's still it's it's less of showing up and being passionate and more about the thought process of the and the players in the organization i i don't even has the right thought process and i don't think they ever will because they've just been trashed for for like 80 years but uh let's get back on track here dill i yeah. think we're going somewhere with something i I'm thinking about the the Niners game again. I I am considering it. I am questioning it. Dare I say, I'm even pondering it. I sense pickles pondering coming here. Well, Richie would be because there's there's a little bit of pondering to do. This one's kind of an interesting one because I was looking at stuff earlier today. At the same time that I was looking at all the injury reports and stuff, I I was reading about. Uh, San Francisco and how for the past four years, I think maybe five, their 
what San Francisco does in week one um, has kind of determined their season. So if they like win in week one or they do well in week one, then typically speaking, they go far in the playoffs. And if they don't, then they typically don't make it to the playoffs, which I, it probably is coincidental, but even still, it's worth noting. Like I think the year they went to the Super Bowl and the two years they went to the AFC cha- or the AFC NFC Championship game, I think they won. Well, I guess technically one of those years would have been the Super Bowl. So the year they went to the Super Bowl, and the year they just last year they won their two their opening season games. So my pick was pondering is you take you take the whole um, vibe of the offense, right? You got a, basically a brand new offense, not in terms of like players and stuff, but in terms of like, I think the mentality of the offense, right? Second year quarterback, second year receiver, second year, well, no, really more second years, but like new offensive line, theoretically, hopefully praying to God, new scheme coming from Matt Canada. So this is kind of more open-ended pickles pondering. That's, that's okay because that's the point of pondering, right? You ponder, it's open-ended. How important do you think this game is for setting the tone for the rest of the season? Because I say that it's incredibly important. And the reason that I say that is because everyone, fans, players, coaches, I think everyone is expecting a whole new revamped Steelers team, right? Because last year, the year before that, it was really bad. Like, it was atrocious. I think everybody is expecting, like, again, a, a revitalized, revamped, rejuvenated team. So I think if you come out against San Francisco and you just totally shoot yourself in the foot and you just entirely blow, and I don't mean, like, I don't mean, you know, Nick Bosa coming in with, like, five sacks and, you know, freaking um, somebody in the San Francisco secondary picking off Kenny Pickett three times because, you know, he's making these super athletic plays. No, I don't, I'm not talking San Francisco doing well. I'm talking if it's more of the Matt Canada shenanigans and more of, you know, Kenny Pickett throwing really bad interceptions. It's receivers dropping passes. Offensive line can't block anything, and the defense can't defend anything. It's a really crappy defense. You come out and you show all that. I think that just absolutely kills this momentum going into the regular season. So. I'm going to turn this over to you now. How important do you think it is that they that the Steelers win this game? Like, how important, not just for, like, the record and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, for the mentality of the team. How important do you think it is that they win this game? So, I want to start it off with that there's kind of really a lot more scenarios than just we win versus we lose. And I kind of want to explore a couple of those Um but for, first of all, I think just looking at it, we win. Straight up, we win. That puts us on – I know it's the first game, and a lot can happen. It's, just, it's the NFL. But for the pondering, I think that puts us on a pretty straight path to the playoffs. Okay. You beat an NFC championship team for two years in a row. You know, two years in a row, NFC championship team – or game team – Actually, no. Yeah, yeah, two years in a row, right? NFC championships. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. You. Yes, that sounds right. So they made it to the NFC championship game. They have probably the best roster on paper in the NFL, and you just went in and beat them with the youngest offense or one of the youngest offenses in the league. I think that gives you the perfect mentality that gets the NFL on your side, or like the, a lot of fan bases, that gets a, a lot of people on your side, and it starts off everything right. Then there's two scenarios if we would lose. If we lose, and it's kind of one that you said, you know, if Nick Bosa comes in and just destroys, and it's just mainly Nick Bosa coming in and destroying mixed with somebody making, like, some outlandish plays on the offense, like Christian McCaffrey breaking, like, three tackles, but, like, more because he's just freaking Christian McCaffrey. Um, Like, Brock Purdy throwing a straight dime and Debo Samuel making, like, an athletic catch, something like that. 
if, if we're losing because of crazy stuff like that, but we're putting up a fight and we lose by like a field goal, I think that's something to be proud of and that keeps a good mentality and that keeps, you know, Kenny Pickett's mentality. Kenny Pickett started off three terrible games were his first three games, you know, and then he turned into probably the most perfect quarterback in the like finale of the season last year. And I think some of our players have the mentality that they can come from a loss. Even if it's a terrible loss, even if Kenny Pickett throws three interceptions that are all his fault, even if uh, Najee Harris fumbles the ball in like a goal line situation, like uh, if uh, Minka Fitzpatrick would let up like a huge play for, you know, a major touchdown. I think those three players would be able to bounce back for sure. It's if a majority of the team has plays like that, that let us down like that, that make us lose. Then it's, okay, guys, what are we doing? We did all of this to revamp, and it just got us nowhere. So I, I, I think even if we lose, but we do it valiantly, we can still have that mentality going into the rest kind of like we do in most other seasons leading up to this point you know start off right. a little bit weak and we build back and we take the league by storm and like the end of the season we make a playoff push for the end of the season but right now with how much that we've done in the off season, you know that's not what anybody on that team wants and they're only going to be truly satisfied with a win and so I think, I think to sum it all up, we had probably the best off season we've had in years. Like last year was technically our rebuilding year. This, this is where we truly rebuilt. Yep. Um, and I think this is the show. This first game will show if we rebuilt right or if we didn't so i think to sum it up yeah if we don't win this game there's there becomes a lot more question marks as to if if everything we did this offseason isn't working then what what more can we do you know and it, it starts it brings up a lot more questions than it does answers so yeah i think i think this is the first must win game of the season um, and I, I wouldn't say we're out of a playoff push uh, if we lose, but I will say it's going to be a lot harder to do so if we lose. It's a, it's a fair take. Anything that you want to add to that, Dil? I No, I, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, either way, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game, and I when I tell you that I literally cannot wait for the season to start, I mean it with every fiber of my being. I'm so ready for Steelers season; it's actually painful. We're saying I'm I'm actually going to this game. I uh, was able to make it or uh, make arrangements to be up there in person, which I I'm so pumped for it. But I'm also I'm so nervous for this season. Uh, this the 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 nerves of football season finally being upon us is getting to me. I don't have a a clever transition to get us into the hot take. So Zach, why don't you go ahead and piss off the three fans that regularly come, which by the way, we appreciate you very much, but why don't you go ahead and piss off the three fans that uh, uh, watch this show regularly and give us, uh, well, the three fans and also me who has to listen to this show regularly because I'm on this show. Why don't you go ahead and, and irritate the rest of us by giving us your hottest hot take of this, this year, Zach. So, so in your intro, you said it would be the hottest hot take. I did say that, yeah. And uh, the the one that I thought of, you're gonna hate. I am. I believe it's hot hot take I could come up with. Okay. Um, you 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 you've got me nervous here for this one sec. I I believe that by the end of the 2023-2024 season, Matt Canada will no longer be a Steeler. But I wish. But this is how. I think we're going to take the world by or take the NFL by storm. Like I said, um, you know, looking at scenarios, I, I think every game 
in the on our schedule this year is winnable. Um, I think that our floor is a 12-win team. And right. I think that our offense is built very, very well right now. As long as the O-line holds up, our skill position players are in prime position. They're all, you know, they're working well together. And I've liked everything that I've seen from our starters and even our play calling in the uh, preseason. So I believe that my best prediction is that we go 14 and three. That that's just, that's, that's my instinctual prediction. Um, I, I believe we could go higher or lower, you know, by a couple games, but that's just my instinctual, uh, prediction. I think if we do that, we end up, uh, leading the AFC North, um, Bengals obviously make it into the playoffs as well, but we're, we're leading and we end up either in the division, in a close game in the divisional round, or we make it to the AFC championship game. Um, but where I'm going with this is that Matt Canada will no longer be a Steeler by the end of the time because I think he's going to end up being the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals' new head coach. That would be a really stupid decision by Arizona. It would, but... That would be astronomically stupid. Think about what they've been doing over the past couple years. Making that a lot true. of... They- Stupid decisions. They, they also kind of just take all of our stuff. Yeah, and and Matt Canada would have led a very very good offense this year, even though it he didn't really do anything. And Arizona's like, hey, um, we want you to lead our offense, and he's like, why though? And they're like, because and he's like, okay, and so they give him the head coaching job. Because I predict that Arizona is going to have the worst record in the NFL. I believe they actually have a reasonable chance to go 0-17. Um, Shock me. Exactly. But I think that, especially if they go 0-17, they end up picking up somebody like Matt Canada because he would be one of the top uh, quote, or one of the he would be the offensive coordinator for one of the top teams in the AFC and he'd be somebody that would be will more willing to leave that's that's a fair hot take i mean actually when i spell it out it's not the most outlandish thing if everything that leads up to it would happen yeah which is not unrealistic right but it's just the fact that Matt Canada would get hired anywhere is definitely a hot take. That, yeah. Well, like you said, it's Arizona. They're not exactly known for doing smart things. But let's, let, let me say this. If I predict this right, like if this actually happens, this is going in like the history books as one of the best hot takes ever. I'll put it in the highlight reel. Anyway, that is it for the hot take today. And that is it for this episode of uh, two Steelers fans in a pro football world uh, getting ready for this upcoming season man I I I've said it so many times and I'm going to say it again I'm just so excited for this season and we know you guys are all excited for this season as well um, just a little bit uh, things before we head out um, we are going to try and do more with the Instagram um, this year and the Instagram is going to be a lot more synonymous with the podcast. So when we put out a new podcast episode, that will be followed by uh, two, maybe three Instagram posts. Those two Instagram posts, one will be uh, a game or well, two or three. Uh, we'll generally have a game recap. Uh, we'll have a episode recap where we kind of talk about some pieces of the episode, um, give some snippets of it. And then um, possibly a third post going into just some fantasy highlights from the week. Because uh, I don't know about any of our viewers, but me and Dill are very involved with fantasy football. Yeah. Not for money. We don't play for money. We just play for fun. Um, 
but very involved with fantasy football. I personally in seven leagues this year, so I'm enjoying it. Um, still, I don't know how many you're in this year. Four. I'm in four. Still solid. So we're very involved with fantasy football, and we will be giving you guys uh, updates on our um, just kind of our thoughts on some of the best fantasy football uh, stuff that week, some people to possibly pick up for the next week, but just a quick uh, fantasy football thing. But, um, yeah, let us know if you guys are into that uh, or anything. And uh, that will be coming out. We'll have our first of the Instagram posts when this episode drops. So if you're catching this episode as soon as it drops, then go check out the Instagram because uh, we probably just got a post out uh, as you're listening to this. So I'm, I'm going to get the Twitter going again, too, when the season starts. Yeah, so I, I I tried to be anonymous with it last year so that it didn't seem like it was either me or you running it, Zach. Um, I'm not doing that this year. <laughs> okay, fine by me. Yeah, I'm gonna be fully open about the fact that I'm the one running it. Yeah, so I think we'll uh, the way we'll do it is because I was trying to be kind of anonymous with the Instagram as well. So I think um, we'll we'll kind of have it explicit. Uh, I will be running the Instagram. Dill will be running the Twitter. You want Dill's uh exact opinion on something go check out the twitter you want my exact opinion on something i'll be trying to do some story posts during some of the games if i'm at the game physically i will likely not be making many posts until after the game if i'm watching the game uh from uh you know wherever i'm watching it in charlotte then i will be more likely to post uh but yeah well, i'll still post like um, zach texts me throughout the game so if zach texts me something that I find really funny or just in general, his thoughts, I'll put it on the Twitter too. I just am not, I'm going to keep it. I'm it's, I'm not going to try and hide the fact that I'm running it anymore. <laughs> Cause that was really stupid. Good stuff. But um, yeah, that's just some stuff to look out for as uh, the podcast goes on this year. And I know this was a long winded episode, but um, you know, just can't hide our excitement for this upcoming season. And I hope that's you guys it. are the same way. But uh, we're going to end this podcast the way that Steelers fans end every offseason. That's it. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go.